Friends, this morning we're going to do something a little bit differently. I'm not going to preach from the pulpit today. I am going to invite my children to come forward and to join me up here. So boys, I'm going to invite you to come on up. Steve, Steve's going to give me a hand in assisting me with getting some things together. But I thought that today, rather than preaching to you, that I would have a conversation with my own kids and that I would give you the opportunity to listen to our conversation. Really, my conversation to them. Come on up. No, Mr. Steve will bring you a chair. This one's injury prone, if you haven't figured that out. (laughs) Thank you. All right. They didn't want to do this, but I told them, I told them, I said, you're doing it for Jesus. And they said, okay. Boys, today I want to talk to you about something that's really important for everybody in here. But truthfully, it's important for you too. That's why I've asked you to come up here. Now, I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I told you that before we got up here. You don't have to say a word. You just have to listen. At least in this service, I know if you're listening because you're right in front of me. Okay? But I'm just going to let everybody else listen in to what I have to say to you. So I want to begin with something very simple. First of all, your mother and I love you very much. We say that all the time, but the truth is, is that we love you more than you'll probably ever fully know. And honestly, we have learned more about God and our faith in God by simply having you two as children in our lives we have experienced the wonder and the blessing of waiting on you to be born. Did you know that it took nine months for you to be born? We had to wait a really long time uh, for each of you to come into the world, and one in which we anticipated and we were excited about. And we remember the very day that you were born, each of you. And we celebrate that together. And both of you were born from the same parents, and both of you are very different, and you know that. And we celebrate your uniqueness and your differences. And we're grateful to God that he gave you to us. Now, because I know you won't remember this, I have a couple of pictures that I want to show you that come from the day in which you were baptized in the church. Now, both of you were baptized, and you were both born in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and you were both baptized at First Presbyterian Church of Spartanburg, where your daddy was the director of youth ministry for six years. Brennan, that is you with red hair uh, before you became blonde, and that is Dr. Scott Andrews, who baptized you. Scott and I worked together at the first church I served in Bennettsville, South Carolina, and not only that, Dr. Scott married your mother and I. So he's very special to us, and we wanted him to participate in your baptism that day. Lawson, you were baptized by Dr. David Rennick, and David actually came here to our church and preached the last two summers, and he's now in D.C., but Dr. David and I worked together in Spartanburg together, and he helped your daddy become a pastor. 
Now, I don't know if you remember this or not, but there is a funny story about the day that you were baptized, Lawson, because when the minister comes and he um, holds you in his arms and he baptizes you, what we typically do is take you out into the congregation while we sing. And while we were doing that, your brother, Brennan, was sitting there in my arms and he was yelling, No! No! Don't take my brother! Don't take my brother! He thought Dr. David was going to run away with you and not bring you back. So I just want you to know that because, well, there was a time when your brother really wanted you around. remember that. At least then. At least then. Now, I have to be honest. Your baptisms were really special. Uh, They were special not because you were cute in your outfits, but they were special because your mom and I made a promise to God to raise you in the Christian faith, and to do that by making church an important part of our lives and raising you in the church together. Now, I know that both of you know that promises are important because when me and mom make a promise to you, you make sure that we keep it. But I have to tell you, the promises that we make to God are even more important. We didn't just say that we would raise you in the church because that's what you're supposed to say. Kind of like the pastor says, hey, are you going to do this? Yeah, I'm going to do it. We did it because we meant it. And I think you guys know that because all your life you have been in the church. You see, the Bible tells us that as parents that we're supposed to start children off or to train them in the way in which they should go. And when they are old, it says they will not depart from it. In other words, what we teach you at a young age matters so that it is part of your life and that it matters to you in your life. And so our promise to God is that we would do just that, that we would make our faith, which is really important to us, your faith too. So when you were toddlers, we had a little rhyme time Bible that we read to you. You remember that? Stories that we would read together, okay? They were short, and then you began to be able to know them. You couldn't read yet, but you could repeat them because you memorized them. And now you two have gotten older. You've graduated from the toddler Bible, okay? You have your own Bibles, but you come to church. We bring you here so that together with your friends that you can grow in the faith, in your Sunday school classes or even at youth group. And so we're grateful to have teachers like Miss Aaron or Miss Mary Beth or even your Sunday school teachers who, who care for you and teach you about God. But that's the other part that I didn't mention to you about your baptism, Because while your mother and I made some promises, the church made some promises too. They made promises to help you grow in your faith by being your Sunday school teachers, by being vacation Bible school leaders, by being youth group leaders. And the promises that were made when you were baptized, although they were made at the Spartanburg Church, several hours away from here, those promises are even made and kept even here in this congregation too. They're transferable no matter where you go. The church makes those promises together. So everyone here today is a part of those promises that were made to you the day that you were baptized. In fact, Lawson, did you know that Mr. Bobby McNeely, he prays for you every single day? Did you know that? He does. He tells me that every single Sunday, and I am really grateful that he does. Brennan, I don't know if you remember this or not, but um, last March, 
when you were playing basketball, you played in the Boone Round Ball Tournament. You remember that? Yeah. You and Caleb and Luke and the rest of your teammates. And the day that we were playing at Greenway Church, there were some folks from the church who came to visit you to watch you play. Do you remember who came to watch you play? I'll tell you. <laughs> it was Mr. John and Miss Sue. Yeah. yeah. They came. Why did they come? They didn't have to come. They came because they care about you. And they care about Caleb. They care about Luke. They wanted to support you. That's what we do in the church. And so that's the great thing about being the church. We are a family of faith. Now, you guys have immediate family. Me, mom, your grandparents, etc., your cousins. But in the church, we're part of a family, too. We're a part of the family that God calls us to. That's just as important as the immediate family, but it's a bigger family. And we are to care for and support one another. In fact, Brennan, it was this church that prayed for you when you were sick last summer, when you were in the hospital. In fact, many of those people sitting in here gathered in that gathering space the very day that you were having surgery for your port in your neck. They gathered at that specific time, not knowing that you were having surgery at that specific time, praying that God would protect you, that God would bring healing to your body. And many of them came to the hospital in Winston, and they visited with you in that hospital room. You see, I want you to know that while me and your mother love you very much, you are also loved by this church and by these people who are here. Now, I know that it's not easy being a preacher's kid, right? Because you don't have a choice when it comes to church, right? Sometimes you say, Dad, can I please stay home today? Not that we would point out who does that. (laughs) But what is the answer? No. That's not an option. We don't negotiate on that, do we? We don't, okay? I realize that both of you have friends who get to stay at home on Sunday mornings in their pajamas and play video games all morning long. I know that you wish that you could do that on some Sundays, but I have to tell you that's not going to happen. But I want you to know why. That's not going to happen. Now, it's kind of hard for me to tell you this, but it's really important when it's the truth. God loves you even more than me and your mother. We love you a whole lot, and I mean a whole lot. But God loves you more. And if I told you any differently, I'd be lying to you. And I don't want to lie to you in church. God created both of you to know him and to enjoy him, and to share him with others. That's why you're here. That's why we're all here together. And God has entrusted your mother and I to teach you and to raise you rightly. And you know who God is because we made it a priority to raise you in the church. Now, I didn't experience that as a child. Your Paul and your Nana, they did not raise me in the church. That was not a priority for them at that point in their life. Thankfully, your mother was. And your grandma and your grandpa took her to church, just like we take you to church every Sunday. And I know that you don't know everything about God. And honestly, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I know everything about God either. 
But you see, our entire lives is an opportunity for us to get to know God. And we do this in different ways. We do it by reading the Bible together. We do it by talking about God together. We do it by worshiping God together and serving others through mission work. And we do this in the church because this is where our faith is developed and nurtured. And our faith, this is important, is what matters more than anything else in the world. More than anything else. Got it? There was a day Jesus was about teaching, and there was a man who approached him, and he wanted to know what the greatest commandment was. And so he asked him, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? You know what Jesus told him? He quoted from the Old Testament. We read it just a few minutes ago. He said this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And he said, in the seconds like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love others. It's really that simple. But God didn't just command the Israelites to love him and say, you must love me. That's not how God works. Do you know what God did for them before he told them that? He saved them. They had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They were forced into hard, cruel labor during the heat of the day to build and to build and to build. For 400 years, they were beaten as slaves. They hated it. They cried out to God to save them, to get them out of there. And God heard their cries, and he called a man named Moses And he asked Moses, who was one of them, to go and to lead those people out of Egypt. And after he did that, and Moses led them out, God took them to the foot of the mountain, and it was there that he gave Moses this thing we call the Ten Commandments, right? God's rules, right? God's laws. And he gave it to them, and he said, This is what will mark you as my followers if you do these things. That was their story. And God commanded them in all of that to teach that to their children. In the book of Deuteronomy, you see, the people are getting ready to go into the promised land that God promised them. And God is concerned that when they get to the promised land, all of the children who have grown up and wasn't a part of what God did, how he parted the sea and he delivered them through it, that they wouldn't remember God. And so he told their parents to remind them and to teach them, and to tell them, and to share with them so that they would never, ever, ever forget what God had done for them. Because if they got to that land where God had blessed them and given them all these things that they didn't deserve and they didn't earn, that they just might get so involved in those things that they would forget God. This was God's love story for his people. And he wanted everyone to remember it, and in doing so, to love him by being obedient to his ways. So Jesus came, and he had taught the exact same thing, actually, but he took it a step further. He says, now, you're not slaves. You're not in slavery like those Israelites were in Egypt, but every single one of us, we are slaves. We are slaves to this thing called sin. And y'all know what that is, right? It's being disobedient to God. It's not following in God's ways. 
So Jesus came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And he came and he, he decided to die for us so that we might be reconciled to God, that we might have a right relationship with God. And this in Jesus is the fulfillment of God's story of the Exodus. And it's all connected. And it's our love story that God calls us into. And Jesus died for us because he loves us, even though, and this is really important, I want you to hear this, even though we don't always love him back. Now that's the most amazing thing ever. Because God does not abandon us, even though we abandon him. You see, we bring you two to church because this is the place where we remember what God has done for us. This is the place where we give thanks to God for what he has done for us. And we do that in our worship. Honestly, the church is not this building. It's a pretty building. It's really nice. But the church is the people, not the structure. And we come to worship God and to give thanks to God in everything that we do. And we do that to give something, not to get something. Sometimes we come to church and say, I didn't get anything out of that. But that's not what worship's about. It's about what we give. So if we choose not to sing, are we giving? No. If we refuse to pray or to participate, we're not offering worship to God. We're not thanking Him for what He's done for us. And so we do that. We come, we sing praises to God, we pray to God, we listen to God when we read the Bible, and believe it or not, even when your dad preaches. And we give back to God when we pass the offering plate around. We give to God what already belongs to him, the things that he's blessed us with, our money. And we give it back to God, reminding us that everything that we have, everything is a gift from God. And giving it back is a way to say thank you for what you've done for us. So your mom and I, we bring you here so that you can learn how to worship. As you participate, you learn how to worship. You learn the Lord's Prayer, how to pray. You learn the Apostles' Creed, what we believe. You learn to sing and to praise and to be a part. We bring you here so that you can learn how to serve. So when you go to Charlotte on that mission trip that you enjoy, that you care for others because Jesus does that for us. We bring you here so that you can learn how to give so that as we give together, you will learn that that's important in your life even when you start to make money. You see, learning this right now is important because it shapes you and it molds you into who you are, Christians. Christ's ones. And Christians live differently from everyone else in the world. Now, both of you have told me that you have friends who don't believe in God, right? Yeah. And that's weird for you because all you've ever known is that God loves you because you've been raised in the church. And the truth is, is that some of your friends, they don't go to church. Their parents don't take them. And because they don't, they wouldn't know that. The truth is that there are a lot of people who don't believe in God. There are a lot of people who don't believe that Jesus is God. And so we want you to know the truth. 
we want you to love those who don't know Jesus by sharing with them that God is real and that God loves us more than anything. You see, our faith is more important than anything else in this world because we would not be here if it weren't for God. The clothes that you're wearing, you wouldn't have if it weren't for God. The food we eat after church, you wouldn't have if it weren't for God. The homes that you live in, our home, you wouldn't have if it weren't for God. The breath you just took, you wouldn't have if it weren't for God, for God's love of you. You see, God provides for us in so many ways, and sometimes it's really easy to think that, you, that we've just earned it all on our own without God. But that's not the truth. And here's the deal, guys. You're growing up fast. And as you get older, in just a few years, Brennan, you'll be going off to college. And you're going to be tempted to forget God. You're going to be challenged in your faith. Some might tell you that your parents have brainwashed you. Others may try to tell you that God doesn't care about you and that God doesn't want you to have fun. Others might even pick on you if you say that you're a Christian. There will be things that will compete for your time. You're going to want to sleep in on Sundays instead of getting up and going to church. You're going to be tempted to do things that are not godly and to disobey God's call in your life. How do I know that? Because I've been there. And I know. And I want you to know that. And I want you to know this too. Your mom and I will not always be around to tell you what to do. In fact, we are raising you in the church so that you will be grounded and rooted like a tree that doesn't move when the wind blows against it. And when you're on your own, you will have to make decisions to live out your faith or to abandon it. And you see, that's not our choice. That belongs to you. Now, the truth is, is that your mother and I, we can make all kinds of choices for you. We can tell you what you should wear to church. We can tell you what time you go to bed. We can, we can even buy your clothes for you. And we can control pretty much everything in your life. But there is one thing that we have no control over. We don't. Or any parent, for that matter. And that's your faith. We can't make you believe that Jesus is real. We can't make you love Jesus. We may want you to. We may try and do everything that we're supposed to do as parents to do that. But at the end of the day, that is your choice. But we do what we do in order to help you make that choice. Now, we know that you're not perfect, nor do we expect you to be. And we know that you're going to make mistakes along the way, just like we have in life. And the good news is, is that we're going to love you no matter what. And that God loves you and forgives you no matter what, too. But we also want your faith to matter to you so that you will make wise choices in your life to follow Jesus, to always honor God in the things that you do. I don't want you to be like me. I want to be clear about that. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me. I want you 
I want you to live your life faithfully for God and for God to bless your life in such a way that others come to know God because of you. And while your mother and I, we don't want you to grow up. Really don't. But we do look forward to seeing you mature and get older. And as you get older, one day you're going to meet a nice girl and you want to get married. And then one day God's going to bless you with your own children. And we're going to celebrate that. And I hope that we're standing in church with you, watching you baptize your child in the church too and making the same promises that we made for you. I can't wait to see you reading the Bible to your children and taking them to church because your faith matters more than anything to you. And when the day finally comes in which God calls me to heaven and the two of you come together with your families and gather for my funeral, I hope that you're able to say to everyone who comes that day that the greatest gift that your father ever gave you or the greatest gift that your mother ever gave you was not what you got for your birthday, was not what you got for Christmas, but that we loved you like Jesus and that we taught you to love Jesus, not just with our words, but also with our lives. And our prayer together is that your children will be able to say the same for the both of you when you join us in heaven one day. Because the truth is, that's all that really matters. And I hope and pray that you never, ever 